Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. You've been offended. Somebody has offended you. How do you respond? Let's talk about that. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. That's one way to take a look at how to respond to an offense. But there is another as well, and that's recorded for us in Matthew 24. Welcome to today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Today we're in Matthew 24 taking a look at how we are to deal with offense. What is our response? How should we deal with it according to God's Word as believers in Christ? That's what we're answering next. With the answers now, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Let me share something with you here that I think is really going to bless you. Go to Matthew chapter 24. And I want to talk to you guys about how to deal with offense. Dealing with offense. This is important for every person that is a Christian. And you're going to see why here as we get down into these verses. Um, Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 on down to 10. Actually, we'll go from verses 3 on down to 10. If you're not here, if you weren't here for the first service, please get that message. We had a wonderful time in the first service. It is awesome. And I, I, I encourage you to get that message. But it says here in verse 3. It says, now as he, Jesus, sat on the mountain of olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars. And rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. He says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. But look at verse 10. This is important. Look at this. It says, and then many will be offended. Somebody say offended. Offended. Will betray one another and will hate one another. He says, offense, betrayal. He says, hatred. Basically, what he's saying here is this is going to be a sign of the time or a condition or a, uh, that we're going to or people are going to encounter as, they, as we approach the end of this age. And I believe that 
We, you know, we're approaching the end of this age. We're see stuff going on. And we see a lot of this stuff in its, you know, in its infancy right now, beginning to spring forth. He says, many will be offended, will betray one another, he says, and hate one another. You know, I'm going to talk to you about how to deal with offense because I think it's so important that all of us in life, we know how to deal with it, know how to counteract it because at some point in time, uh, all of us in some way or shape or form are going to come into contact with offense. Whether you're offending someone or you get offended by someone, we have to learn how to deal with it. You know, the cross, it points upward and then it spreads out. The cross is all about relationship with God and relationship with people. At the end of the day, Jesus died that he might reestablish relationship with humanity. It wasn't just to get us to heaven. The Bible says that we have, been, uh, that we have received the spirit of adoption. What God is looking for is in- intimacy and relationship with us. But that also means that we're, we are to have relationships with each other and we are, have to learn how to deal with each other because the cross doesn't just point upward, it also spreads out. And so God wants us to learn how to love him, but then to love other people. And at the end of the day, our, our relationships have to become valuable to us. That it's just not a matter of, well, I'm getting my way or you're getting your way. Or you hurt me or I didn't hurt you. The matter is, how, what matters is, is how much am I willing to, uh, to sacrifice and, and, and how far am I willing to go to maintain the relationship that I have with you. The relationship with, that I have with God. Because, and I'm going to show you this through the scripture, we can also... It's, not, it's one thing to be have an offense towards people, but it's another thing to be offended at God. Most people won't say that they're offended at God, but they do get offended because of various things. And, and in most cases, because people don't get their way. But when you look this, when you look at this, he says that this is a sign of the time. That offense will be on the rise. The word offense here is a powerful word. It is the word scandalon. It's the word that we get scandal from. This word here is a powerful Greek word. It means the trigger of a trap on which the bait is placed. And which, when touched by the animal, springs and causes it to close, causing entrapment. Okay, this word here... um, it denotes, it always denotes an enticement to conduct which could ruin the person in question. Scandalon is used figuratively in a moral sense. And it is concerned mainly with the fact that it produces certain behavior which can lead to ruin. Okay? And so realize this is what the enemy does. His goal is to... Entice to entrap, but he also, there's also bait, and I like what he says, and a trigger that causes it for the entrapment. And so for us as saints, we have to be very, very guarded in this because if we take the bait, if we allow ourselves to, or we hit the trigger, it's going to allow us to get to a place where we get offended, and not only does offense affect you, 
or affect the person that you're dealing with, but it also affects you. And, and sometimes we don't realize that us getting offended is really us getting ensnared or trapped. It's not just about the person. It's about us closing off our hearts, closing off our minds, getting ourselves in a, in a bind in the, as it pertains to our relationship with God. And I watch this happen all the time. People get offended. They, they, they take the bait. They hit the trigger. They get ensnared and they get entrapped. And you can be offended and still be going to church. You can be offended and still be in a marriage. But you're offended. And what does it do? And I like what he says here. This, ultimately, it will begin to change your behavior in a moral sense. And it will ultimately lead a person to ruin if they stay in a place called offense. And so for all of us as saints of God, realize this is a sign of the time. And you see it happen. People are getting offended over everything. And we have to be very, very cautious of this. We have to be mindful of it. We have to make sure our hearts are open, that our hearts remain pure, that we walk in forgiveness. Can I have an amen? If you're not willing to walk in in, in forgiveness, you and I are going to be in a situation where offense can grip our hearts and stop us from being everything that God wants us to be, be in him. And then ultimately, if we're harboring unforgiveness, if we don't learn to forgive and walk in the spirit, do what we're supposed to do, then ultimately it can lead a person to ruin. They're ruined. They're ruined. Why did they get ruined? Well, they got offended because somebody did this or somebody did this. And ultimately, Jesus tells us to walk in forgiveness because he's trying to help us, not just the other person, but to help us so that we don't take the bait and get ensnared and trapped by our adversary. Amen. But we see it happen all the time. People get offended on the job. They get offended in the relationship. They get offended. Somebody said something. And you know, I want to just say this to you all. You know, as Christians, we need to grow up and stop being so thin-skinned. Can I have an amen? Somebody says one thing about us or, you know, they, you know, you know I would, that hairstyle doesn't look, you know, it looks okay. We get offended. I mean, you know, those shoes, brother, you should have bought those, man. Well, it would get offended. I mean, come on, man. At some point in time, you just, man, who cares what you think about this and that? And, you know, we, I mean, come on, how, is stuff that serious? But what happens is we take the bait not realizing it's the devil ultimately who set the trap. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, you better ask somebody. It's the devil. Come on, I need y'all to be with me here today, this afternoon. Come on now. Listen, it's the devil who set the trap. It's the devil. It's the devil. It's the devil. He says this is a condition and a sign of the time. Go to Luke chapter 17. I want you to see this. Luke chapter 17. Offense. It says in Luke chapter 17 verse 1. It says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offense, offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of my, these little ones. He says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. 
And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you should what? Forgive him. This is a lifestyle of forgiveness that all of us begin to establish because there's no person in this room that is perfect. There any perfect people in this room? There's no, per- there's no one in this room that's perfect. So that means that, unfortunately, there's going to, it's impossible. Sometimes things are going to happen. Now, God is going to deal with the person through whom it happens. He says he's, he's going to deal with that. He's, they woe to this person. But understand, saints, that it's our job. What God is looking for is our response to what happens, not just what happens. Can I have an amen? And so forgiveness keeps your heart free and pure, and it keeps your stream pure before God, so God remains blessed at who, at, at, with you and what you're doing. And so for us, we have to stop and say, you know what, I want to get to, my lo- get to a point in my life where I become unoffendable. And I'm unoffendable, not, that doesn't mean that I haven't been offended or I don't experience offense, but I know how to extinguish it when it comes my way. Through forgiveness. It keeps my heart pure. Unfortunately, people sometimes, they get it in their mind that I have a right to remain bitter, angry, harbor resentment, to be you know, uh, to, to have it in my heart that to, to, to I want to just say it, that I, ha- I have no trust in my life. Why? Because I'm, I'm offended. Do you know, generally the people that get offended, they're offending people also. <laughs> offended people offend people. Can I have a name? Offended people offend people. And so what happens is, we have to remain pure. Where Jesus, he gives us the antidote here in chapter 17 and tells us this is, sometimes this is going to happen. It's going to happen in your marriage. Sometimes you're going to get offended in your marriage. You, 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 you're going to do something and your spouse doesn't celebrate what you did. And, and <laughs> Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm not talk- he's not talking about you, is he? You know, you cleaned up the house. You cleaned it all up. It's all good. It's all sweet. Man, what's going on up here? Something doesn't smell right in here. You came home. You did the lawn. You took out the trash. You did everything. And and you don't get any praise for it. You threw down. You spent five hours cooking that. (laughs) Threw down. Hands greasy, hands oily. You, you did come in and, and what is this? This don't even taste right. It... Don't hit your husband. <laughs> Minister Darlene said he speaks truth. <laughs> Saints, I mean, but this is what happens. We get offended. We get offended in church sometimes. We sing. We just sing. Tear the house down. And somebody had the nerve to tell us, well, you missed that note. Aretha Franklin didn't have nothing on me. What you talking about? You know, we, we get offended. You preach your best message. I mean, you prepared it. It was, it was deep, powerful, profound in your prayer closet. And you come out and share it, and people are looking at you like you're crazy. See, they're just not ready for my revelations. 
People get offended. <laughs> get offended. People get offended. You know, I think, but what happens is we have to realize that there's no one perfect. Offenses will come. Jesus said this. Now, if we are the ones who are releasing it, God will deal with us. But at the end of the day, it should be our expectation that sometimes your toes are going to be stepped on in life. Do not take it personal. Don't get offended. Allow God through forgiveness to purify your hearts and then continue to love people as God has commanded us to do. Amen? But what I really wanted to get to in this message is it's one thing to be offended at God, like I've been saying, but I mean to be offended with man, but it's another thing to be offended at God. And I think sometimes in life, in ministry, you know, where we're at in life, what we're doing in life, where God has taken us in life, things that are going on in our lives, things don't always, you know, pan out the way that we've dreamed them up or written them out or planned them out or had envisioned them in our lives. And without saying it, I believe that sometimes people, even in their walk with God, can be a little bit offended at God because He's not bringing to pass the things that that we really thought he would bring to pass in our timing. But people will come to church. We'll sing our songs. We love God. We want God in our life. But some, in some cases, some people, whether they will voice it or say it like I'm saying it this afternoon, people will have a little sense of offense towards God because God, why is this happening or coming through? Or why isn't it, this isn't my plan. Why is, it, why is this like this? And it doesn't mean that a person doesn't love God, but I watch this saints and people. People have a subtle frustration with God because he's not coming through the way they want him to come through. And they get offended. And so what I did was I just took some time and I, and I looked at some scriptures here in the Bible that highlight times where the Bible says that people were offended at Jesus. And not everybody that's was offended at Jesus or weren't people that were following him. Sometimes it's people that, and we, we just need to see this. Go to Matthew chapter, let's go to Matthew chapter 11. I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 11. It's one thing for us to be offended at people, to take the bait, the scandal on, to allow the enemy to pervert our minds in certain areas in regards to these things. But then it's another thing to, to be offended at, at God. Look at verse 1. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one or do we seek for another? Jesus answered and said to him, to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And then he says this, And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Now this is powerful because... You know, it's not saying that John the Beloved or John the Baptist 
was, was offended. The Bible is not saying that he was offended. But we know that things weren't turning out exactly the way that John the Baptist evidently had envisioned them. He's in jail. Now he's starting to question. He knows that Jesus, he's, he was ministering at the same time Jesus was ministering. And he baptized the Lord Jesus Christ. But his circumstances have driven him to a place that, well, now he's starting to question once again in his mind, evidently through the scripture, you know, is this really him? Knowing that he baptized him, knowing that he went through this process with him. So Jesus Christ, through the messengers, is reminding him, is, he's sending them to remind him, you saw the works, you see this, I did this, I did this, you did this. And then he tags this at the end, and I love it. He says in verse 6, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. You know, I think our identification with Christ, whether we realize it or not, can cause us to be or to get into tough situations. Your walk with Christ is sometimes going to cost you. Um, It may cost you your reputation in some people's eyes. It may cost you, you know. Uh, money, it may, cost, there's, it may cost you. I don't know what it's going to cost you. But we have to realize that at the end of the day, um, if we're going to identify with Christ, walk with Christ, he says, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Your union with Christ sometimes is going to cost you. And what we can't do is get offended at God because we're going through the storms with him. But what happens for a lot of people, they do this. So he tells John the Baptist these things and he pauses and he stops and he says, and blessed in verse six is he who is not offended. He says, because of me, man, I was doing a lot better before I brought Christ into my life. Everything was going good, but praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I still love you, Lord. Everybody used to love me. Everybody had all kinds of friends. Man, I was the life of the party. Now I'm just sitting here on Friday night and I'm bored and I'm watching TV and I don't know what I'm going to do. And everybody was had everything. And, and people start in their mind, they start getting offended because, because of their relationship. He says offended because of me. Because of their union. Because of our walk together. Because it, it's not the same. It's not... But what, what happens is we have to learn to not get offended by Christ. Because what saints, remember, God's not just into, and I said this a week ago, God's not in a business of just, though he is your comforter, it does not mean that you're always going to be in a comfortable situation. You may be the only one on your job saved, but hang in there. You may be the only one in your family saved, but hang in there. You may go to the barbecue and be the only one not drinking, but hang on in there. You may be the only one that's raising your kids the right way, but hang on in there. You may be the only one that people are saying, you're not having any fun, but hang on in there. We need to redefine fun, amen? But you may be the only one that's doing these things. You may be the only one that's walking in the grocery store and singing your hymns and everybody looking at you crazy, but hang on in there. Don't get offended at God because you may be the only one. Can I have an amen in this? Don't be offended at God. But what happens is people get offended because of, because of him. Because my relationship with God has caused me to be in a tough place sometimes. But that is okay. I'd rather stand all by myself. 
and have people call me crazy and have people call me preacher and have people call me holy roller and have people say that all I'm thinking about is God and have people but what does it matter at the end of the day saints that's what's going to matter at the end of the day You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925-292-7800. 7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. And obviously, you're welcome to join us on our website, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net, and you can email us from that website as well. Now, as you visit our website, we do have other resource materials available, our online store, past sermons are available, as well as a COVID-19 update. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, at least until May 1st, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, again, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful during this challenging time with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we're praying and standing on His truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless. God bless.